0: It's an honor to be in front of you guys today. Um, I feel like this is a pretty special time in our church um, in that we have no pastors, like, actually here. So, I don't know. That's kind of fun, exciting. Um, And we're coming out of our pandemic, and we, like, pretty much just sent off, like, four of our members last week, and that's... Yeah. So, I mean... um, you know, during this pandemic, we've seen so many of our um, members go, and we've also seen so many new faces come in. So uh, we're definitely just really excited to see what our church will look like. You know, in the coming months and years. Um, so I don't know. As as I was thinking about um, the word today and what I want to speak about, I I really wanted to. I felt in my spirit that I wanted to talk about, like, who we are as a church, you know? Um, so I was talking with someone from my CG uh, who's relatively new to our church. It was Marianne. I was talking to Marianne, right? And um, I asked her, like, how the he- like, how did you even find out about us? And she said, um, and so long story short, she said she heard about us through word of mouth, but, dude, you're really red right now. you turning red. Um but um, yeah, <laughs> all right, so she heard about us through word of mouth, and also she visited our webpage, and she told us like, our web page has no info about us. So I guess she thought that was intriguing, and she wanted to check us out in person. But we have like, we have no like no mission statement, no credo, no about us page. And really about, like, we don't have anything about who we are as a church. You know, the closest thing that we have is on our Instagram page, where it says in all caps, um, a church in San Francisco for the rebels and the runaways. And, um, like, that sounds pretty cool, right? I mean, it's, it's edgy. Um, but have you guys ever, like, thought about what that really means? Um, I mean, take a look around the room, like, we don't we don't give off that re- rebellious vibe, do we? Maybe Jacob. Ah yeah, we all looked at Jacob and Isaac maybe. Yeah. I was looking at Isaac. Um uh, <laughs> I guess they're like I don't know. most of us we, we just come from like middle class Asian like families and we all work in tech or something. Besides V. Besides me and V. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um but you know, I guess our pastor has tattoos, and he recorded a couple, like, hip-hop albums, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm a bodybuilding competitor, so that's kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I want to propose to you, you know, that, you know, Rebels and Runaways, that that isn't just some edgy moniker that we chose to, like, stand out from other churches, but I really think that it speaks about our spiritual identities as people who belong to God, you know. That in him, we are rebels and runaways who are alienated from the world. So um, with that, I'll just open us up in a word of prayer. I wrote it down. So God of the foreigner and exile, the sinner and the orphan, the rebel and the runaway, we remember today that we belong to you, that Jesus when leaving his followers, said to them, I am going to prepare a place for you. And we lay claim to the identity that we are your sons and your daughters and that our main goal and purpose is to be known and loved by our Father and to love in response. Uh, So I pray to you that during these next few moments, that we can be still and enjoy being yours now and in every season. And regardless of what stage of life we're in or what's set before us, that it was always meant that we were to be seated at the table of the King. So in Jesus' name, our rock, our cornerstone, I pray, amen. So it was in September 2019, uh, at our first ever um, church retreat, that the word, a home for the rebels and the runaways, was spoken over us. Um, and at that point in our church history, like, we we haven't officially launched yet, so we're, like, still doing these secret underground meetings um, in preparation to kind of open our doors as a faith-based community to the city. Uh, we had a name. We called ourselves 99, and I guess we kind of had a vision, but not much else. But when Pastor Brian, if you guys remember, like, and the Heidi's, when they came up to our retreat and— they spoke over us that we would be a home for the rebels and the runaways. We kind of really just took that and held on with it, and we're running with it now. You know, that was, that was two years ago, right? And I feel like this is so fitting because when you read the Bible, especially in the New Testament, um, there is a sentiment that those who belong to God are estranged from the world. That the current world wasn't their permanent home. And that they were living and hoping for an age to come. I mean, have you ever tried, like, talking um, to your coworkers about faith? Like, not just that you identify as Christians, but do you guys, like, ever talk about, like, what you actually believe? You know, that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. um, That he was resurrected so that when you die, that you can have eternal life. With God, worshiping Him forever, like that. Like, have you ever like try to verbalize that to your coworkers, and you just get weird looks? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. man, people think uh, think you're weird. Um, but that's really what you believe in, you know, and that's really what you hope and live for, yeah. right? Like, and that's going to estrange you from the world that glorifies the self, you know. And in the words of Peter, um, we're sojourners and exiles, that comes from First Peter 2:11. And in the words of Paul, we're citizens of heaven that comes from Philippians 3:20. We're citizens of heaven who, was crucif- who were crucified to the world. That comes from Galatians 6:14. So we can see that foreignness to this world and belonging to another was a core part of the Christian identity of the early church. That belonging to Christ was kind of divorcing from the world, right? And in our own words, we're rebels and runaways. And to be honest, like, I'm not sure, like, what Pastor Brian meant when he spoke that over us. Nor am I sure of what Mickey and Krista had in mind when they received this word, um... But really, my heart for us today um, is that this epithet of a church in San Francisco for the rebels and the runaways would draw to the forefront of our minds a Christian identity that is rooted in the gospel, you know, that we would lay claim to that identity. Because brothers and sisters, we weren't meant to live for the status quo of this world, right? Um, so I just wanted to give you guys uh, three exhortations from First Peter um that speaks into your calling and identity as a christ follower and this sermon it won't be heavy with like practical application um but my heart for today is really just to exhort and to lift up um so here you go all right so my first exhortation comes from first peter three verse three to five you're just gonna have to follow along because uh, i didn't make slides To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. So, the key word in this passage that I want to look at is inheritance. Right? See, inheritance, it implies sonship, it implies belonging to royalty. Inheritance implies that there is no lack in your life and there is no laboring or striving. It implies that you are fully loved and fully known and that your future is fully secure as it unfolds but the caveat is this that your inheritance in christ is not monetary or material possession i mean there's nothing wrong with having or working for a lot of money and things but that's not the hope that you were called to money is perishable things and material possessions fade But our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples, In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be. And I don't know what this inheritance looks like. Um, I don't know what heaven looks like, if it's literally a house or not. Um, I sometimes picture myself running around in heaven, like picking up trees and rocks and just lifting a whole lot of stuff. Um, But I know that my inheritance is where Jesus is going to be. And in him, I find fullness of joy and peace. In him, we are fully satisfied and finally loved. Um, So 99 Rebels and Runaways to this current world, keep an eternal perspective. I know it's difficult when so many present things demand our attention and our overall capacity. Um, And I'll be the first to admit that I'm full of anxiety and worry about things like romance or financial stability and, you know, my personal trainer ranking at Equinox. Um, But... Uh, number three in oracle but that's why i need the gospel every day um to reorient myself uh back to an eternal perspective right um personally for me that what it looks like is listening to worship while i work out and that's what really does it for me um it's like worship and working out that combo like makes me feel indomitable like, I'm, I can get through anything, you know. So it, it might not be that for you guys, but I encourage you guys to really just find some time in your day to really tap into your identity as a son and a daughter who has an inheritance, you know, waiting for you. And so um, second exhortation, it comes from 1 Peter 2.9, and it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous marvelous light. So 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So in this passage, um, the key words that I want to focus on is royal priesthood or just priesthood in general. Um, Priesthood implies that we are all priests. Um, In the Old Testament, it was the role of the priest to represent God to the people and to represent the people to God. Uh, He would mediate between God and the people. And it was the priest who would administer the sacrifices um, and who would speak the word like, for example, Moses, um, Moses went up to the mountain to receive the word from God, which he would then relay to the people. And then it was Moses who had to intercede and ask for forgiveness on behalf of the people when they pissed God off by building the, the golden calf. See, the people didn't, didn't have a direct line of commun- communication with God. It was always through a priest. However, in the New Testament, having been united with Christ, all believers can fulfill the role of the priest. Um, that means we all have a direct line of communication to God, not only for ourselves, but also on behalf of one another. And that means if I need to hear from God, I can ask Isaac or I can ask Vanessa or any, anyone else to speak to me on behalf of him. I, like, Alex, I'm going to ask you for a word sometime, you know? Um, and that means that I can speak on behalf of God to someone else if they need that, you know? And we can minister to one another. Uh, so, rebels and runaways, you are a priesthood. And yes, we have pastors. We have Mickey and Chris, and they're, they're our pastors. But all of us are pastoral. You know, we're all shepherds for each other. Uh, So I challenge you to practice that. Like when you need a word from God, go to a brother, go to a sister. Also speak on behalf of God to someone else, you know, give them a word. And something I've been doing um, over the last couple years is like, I like writing texts to people or I like writing text prayers to people. So just like, you know, that way when people need encouragement for a time, they'll, They'll just pull it up from the phone and remember, like these are words that you prayed, you know. So, if you want a prayer, uh, you know, just let me know. I got you. And knowing the heart of our pastors, I, I think we really want to build a culture here at 99 of like affirming and appreciating each other. And that's why we do. That's why we do it like at the end of every CG season, you know. Um, and to really call out and empower the goodness that dwells within each and every one of us. And I think this is going to be our strength as a church, you know, being able to speak life to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my last exhortation, that comes from First Peter. Oh, man, I messed that one up. Like, I think 4, verse 8 to 11. It says above all keep loving one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins, showing hospitality, oh, it's First Peter 4:11. Okay. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. All right, let me read that again. Above all, keep loving one another. Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins, blah, 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 blah. All right. All right. I mean, y'all can look it up. But this one's pretty self-explanatory. 99, church for the rebels and the runaways. Keep loving one another, uh, especially in a world as broken as ours. I know this is probably the most challenging one, but as a community of Jesus people, this is really, like, the non-negotiable, right, that we love one another. And I don't know how, this, how that will look in our community with, you know, different people. We show and receive love different ways, but, um, but like, I'm willing to put in the effort to find out, you know, and I think that's exciting. Um, and personally, the way God has called me to love um, my community is to love him first and then seek out how he dwells in my brother and sister like same thing to call it out right and then love the Jesus that I see in someone else right and yeah I'll I'll end today with the story about that Um, so it was like 2010 I was a junior in college and I was like I was leading my first overseas missions team and I'm not a very good administrative leader um So my strength was, like, in caring for my team and making sure that my team was as tight-knit as possible. Oh, thanks, Jacob. Um, Making sure that my team was as tight-knit as possible before we went off to do ministry. And my church was sending out, like, several different teams that year. So I, like, being a competitive Enneagram 4 with a large wing 3, I wanted to make sure that my team was the most loving tight-knit team Um, and we were and we were like pretty obnoxious about it like throughout our church's like missions training period my team was was loud we were loud about how much we love one another and we had a lot of team pride but that all changed within like the first week of actually doing ministry overseas like when we got to thailand like that kind of all blew up our whole team dynamic so we got in a huge fight about something stupid like you know, how to do icebreakers for the kids at the orphanage. And I remember all this, like, anger and frustration, like, toward toward one another. Um, So all that anger that was hidden through our time of training was just, like, boiling to the surface, Um, like, right before we had to start our ministry. So, like, I don't know, we ended up, like, screaming at each other for, like, two hours or something like that, and After that, we finally calmed down, and our team worship leader, like, took the team or got the team together, and we just started having a time of worship, right? But then I heard God tell me to just stay put, to not join them. And he asked, like, Ying, do you you love me? And I said, yes, God, I love you. And he asked me, Ying, do you love your team? And I told him, God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I love them. So he tells me, this is how I want you to love them. I want you to write down every part of me, so every part of God that I saw in my teammates. Now, every way that he manifested in, the, manifested in their teammates, God wanted me to know and recognize. And there were, like, nine of them, so it took me, like, two hours to kind of, like, just man, gather, like, everything, you know, and to, to tell it to them. So, I, so I told all my teammates, I see Jesus in you, in this way or in that way. And that was my, that was one of my biggest lessons on love, you know, to love Jesus and to search for, search him out in those I'm called to love. You know. and sometimes it takes like mad effort. Like it, it's so much easier to see someone's faults than to see, you know, the goodness that dwells inside them, right? But every believer has something that makes him or her like the Father. Just like the verse says, we're we're all stewards of God's grace. And I want to search that out and affirm it in everybody. And love can manifest in different ways within our community. But, you know, just know 99, fellow rebels and runaways, you have Jesus living inside you. And it's Jesus that you belong to, yeah. And um, so we'll we'll close with with a psalm, and then we'll end.